As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, listeners. Jess here. Have you heard our newest show, Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches? Winnie Taylor is just a teenager when her mother dies, sending her to Cleveland to reunite with her dad, a former football player. It's an inspirational story about sports, family, and learning to overcome the barriers that hold us back. Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches has something for everyone. Action-packed football games, a story about friendship, and a father-daughter story that will warm everyone's heart. I know you're going to love it. Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. My name is Jonathan Messenger. Wanatron. Bebop. Wanatron. Mm, that's a weird way to introduce yourself, Bebop, but I guess there's no not weird way you've ever introduced yourself. Shh, Jonathan. I am on a secret mission for Her Majesty. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. There could be evil agents anywhere around here. You could be an evil agent. This this is another character, isn't it? That's right. My pal Amelia gave me this idea. Bebop, Wanatron, secret agent, 00-1130pm. You're a spy now? Once a spy, always a spy, Jonathan. So yeah, I've always been a spy. Yeah, but you haven't always been a spy because you just turned yourself into a spy. That sounds like something an evil agent would say. Bebop, come on, you know me, I'm not evil. That sounds like something an evil agent would say. Okay, you know what, let's just get on with the episode, shall we? That's exactly what someone who is evil would say. Someone who is evil would say, let's get on with the episode? Heard it a million times. Yeah, that's because you are here every episode. Anyway, if you listeners remember what happened a couple episodes back, the explorers were trying to track down a signal they believed to be coming from the Marlowe. Do they find it? Can they track down the Marlowe and find Bunts and take back their space station? Find out in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 4, Episode 8, Candyland. The signal is coming from up there, 
said Elias. But I don't see anything, do you? The explorers of Troop 301 were in the dragon ship, chasing down a signal they'd picked up as soon as they'd left the gas giant planet behind. The signal had come and gone, strengthened and faded, but Elias had remained dogged in his pursuit of the signal, even as they all began to doubt it was actually coming from the Marlowe. But now that the signal was close, they could see it was not the Marlowe. The signal was coming from a green planet in the distance. Elias slowed the dragon ship as they approached and began to orbit the planet. Ah, it's not the Marlowe, he said. I could have sworn the signature was the same, but it's hard to say with this dragon ship. I'm not used to it, and I don't know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I led us on a wild goose chase. No way, you're right, Elias, said Abigail. It does look like a Marlowe signal. Let's at least see what it is first. Maybe Bunce dropped something, or he jettisoned something off the Marlowe, said Abigail. Or maybe it's Voltronics, and he got lost again. That's the most likely explanation, said Finn. Okay, let's get down there, see what we find, and then if it's nothing, we just get out right away. All right, said Abigail. Elias, take us down. Elias lowered the dragon down onto the planet. The grass was a lush green, and there were thick forests everywhere. Elias piloted the dragon ship around, trying to find where the signal was coming from. Over there! yelled Paige, up in the dragon ship's eye. I think it's an explorer pod! Quick, look! Everyone but Elias rushed to the eye, and couldn't believe what they saw. One of the Marlowe explorer pods landed in what looked like a swamp. Elias piloted the dragon ship down, hovering briefly above the pod so they could peek through the window, though they could see it was empty. Elias landed the dragon in the reedy grass just outside the swamp, and the explorers all ran out of its mouth, just to the edge of the bog. Who's going in the water first? Not it! said Vale, taking a step back. I don't think we should go to the pod, said Abigail. Not right now. We know that it's empty, and it's too risky to wade into the swamp when we don't know what's out there. I agree, said Finn. Whoever came down inside that pod is probably outside somewhere roaming around the planet. Do you guys hear that? Shh, said Paige. Look. The explorers all peered into the swamp, and a strange mist was forming and bubbles erupted on the surface of the water. Looks like something's coming out of there, said Paige. All because Finn couldn't stop talking, 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 and now it hurt us. A bubble popped on the surface right in front of the explorers. A little mist rose up and there, clinging to the tall swamp grass, was a small purple furball with two eyes peeking out. Hello! said the alien, surprising the troop. Welcome to my planet. Is that your ship? Did you come to get it back? Oh, wait, is that your ship? That big animal thing? Are you guys animal things? My name is Yoho. What's your name? Is it Yoho too? That would be so weird if my name was Yoho and your name was Yoho, and then we'd never know who was supposed to talk when someone said, Hello, Yoho. The creature blinked at the explorers, who hadn't moved. Um, hi, Yoho, said Abigail. My name is Abigail. 
These are my friends, and both this dragon ship and that pod out there belong to us. We would like to take that one back, but could I ask you a question? You just did ask me a question, so obviously you can ask me, otherwise I would have yelled zip it as soon as you started asking me anyway. I'm just joking, and now I'm really curious. What's your question? If that pod out there was our ship, and it is, it belongs to our space station. But does that mean that you didn't see anyone come out of it when it landed? Did you see it land? Did you see if anybody was in it? Whoa, that was three questions, but that's okay. I'll answer all of them. I did see it land and actually felt it land because it landed on me and my friends, but we're fine. We just sank down into the water and we all looked at each other like, what was up with that rude ship landing on us? <laughs> just kidding. We know ships can't be rude. Anyhow, yes, I saw it land. And then to answer your other questions, we have been surrounding this ship ever since it landed and nothing has ever come out of it except a growing sense of anticipation. The kids all felt dejected. What was an empty explorer pod doing on this planet? It couldn't be a good sign. Was Bunce launching all of the pods away so the kids aboard the Marlow couldn't escape? Was he lightening the load of the space station for some reason? None of it made any sense. But while the explorers considered their options, more and more creatures like Yoho bubbled out of the swamp and jumped from reed to reed to get a better look at the explorers. There were now dozens of aliens in what seemed like hundreds of bright colors. And the long blades of the swamp grass looked like a forest of lollipops in front of the Marlow cosmonauts. Come on, don't look so glum, said Yoho. We have been waiting for someone to come out of that ship for so long. We are so happy you are here. We can finally have a feast, feast which is feast. our favorite thing to do, you know. Have a feast, feast, where we can all sit down and we can all feed our guests. And so now it is time for you to come to our home and eat the feast. Thank you so much. Let's feast, 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 feast. Um, said Vale. And now you cannot ask me any more questions because we do not want to delay the feast, feast. Who wants to delay a feast, feast, feast? See, I can ask a question, but you may not. Okay, enough of this chitter chatter. Come on, let's go. Let's journey to the feast, 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 the feast, the feast, the feast, the feast, 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 yay, feast, 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 feast. Yo ho! Hopped down from the blade of grass, swam over to where the explorers were standing, followed by the rest of the brightly colored furballs of his planet, who all lined up along the grass in the shadow of the dragon ship. They stood side by side like they were going to take a family photo. Okay, the journey is complete, said Yoho. But we didn't go anywhere, said Elias. No, you didn't, but you have journeyed to this planet, haven't you? We are the ones who journeyed to the feast, and feast. now we may feast. Let's feast. 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 Great, I'm starving, said Vale. Fantastic. Please eat, said Yoho. I can't wait, said Vale, opening up the visor on his space helmet. The rest of the explorers did the same. Then go on, please. Feast, 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 said Yoho. The furballs all blinked at the explorers as though waiting for the kids to take the first bite. I'm sorry, said Finn, but what exactly are we supposed to eat? Us, said Yoho. You can eat me if you like. Or eat me, eat me, eat me, eat me, eat me. Or over there, the pink one is my cousin Bolo, and the red one is my cousin Yolo, and the blue one in between the green one and the yellow one is my other cousin Yeho. And you're welcome to eat any of us. Or you could choose one of the others. The point is that you feast. Feast. We are feasted upon and we are all happy. Let's feast. 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 Uh, I am not comfortable with this, said Finn. Yeah, I'm vegetarian, said Paige. At least, I am as of two minutes ago. I don't think this is a good idea, said Abigail. Maybe we should be going now. 
Did this one not say he is hungry? Said Yoho. I am, but I don't eat live furballs, said Vale. Look, said Elias, we just don't eat random aliens. It's, uh, against our code. I see, said Yoho. Well, look, we need to be eaten, and there's nothing left on this planet to eat us. So you'd be doing us a huge favor. Eat me, I'm delicious, I'm delicious, I'm tasty, I'm tasty. cried the other aliens. They do kind of look like candy, said Paige. Yes, exactly, we are like candy. Sweet and delicious, just like candy. Okay, so open up and eat already, please, and thank you. Abigail nodded toward the dragon ship, and the explorers all started to take a small step in its direction. I see, said Yoho. He walked over to Elias. Do you agree that you should not eat me? Said Yoho, looking sad. Yes, said Elias. I am sorry. Do you really want to make Candy cry? Elias took a step back. Well, I don't want to, but you're not actually Candy either. You're a living thing. I can't eat you. A small, sparkly tear fell from Yoho's eye. Why do you want to hurt my feelings so badly? He said. I don't, said Elias. I just, oh, no, don't cry. Yoho jumped into Elias's mouth before he could say anything else. Don't swallow him, yelled Finn. But it was too late. Yoho had slid right down. Elias quickly turned the same shade of purple as Yoho. What? What's happening to me? It's not so bad, said Finn. You're just purple. Oh, now you're purple and furry. Ooh, and now you have kind of a long snout. And oh, now you have big fangs coming out of that snout. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, this is bad. Elias looked like a furry, purple crocodile in a spacesuit. Elias, can you understand me? said Abigail. Yeah, I can understand you, but I also want to... No, no, I can't, he said. Yay! Yay! yelled all of the candy aliens. Eat them, eat them, eat them, eat them! Eat us? said Vale. Elias, dude, do you want to eat us? No, I don't want to said Elias, but you guys should probably run. All right, I am here with my son and my editor, Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. Hi, hi. Hello. All right, so tell me, Griffin, be honest. What did you think of Yo-Ho and the Candy Aliens? What like? What did you think about this episode? About fifteen hundred thousand million percent. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. What did you like about the episode? Uh, I like the little fur balls. They kind of reminded me of the fuzzies. Fuzzies from oh, from uh, from what? Pit Bartlett. Pit Bartlett. That's right. Pit Bartlett is a great book. Pit Bartlett's Guide to Magical Creatures, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that you say that, maybe that was subconsciously in my head. That's a great book. If you're looking yeah. for a good book, check out Pip Bartlett, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have any questions about the episode? Uh, what is happening to Elias? What is happening to Elias? He's turning into some sort of creature, right? Mm, yeah. And he swallowed Yoho. Yeah. You don't want to swallow a Yoho, do you? No. <laughs> so he swallowed a Yoho, and now he's transforming into something. We don't know what, but it sure seems like he wants to eat 
the other explorers. So we'll find out next episode why that is and what has happened on the planet. Any other questions you have? What happened to the other creatures? I mean, like, if they all got eaten, what happened to the creature that ate them? Yeah, right. They are the prey. Where are all the predators, right? Yeah. But what happens when the prey becomes the predator? (laughs) (laughs) This show is going to turn into a nature documentary now. Pretty much. (laughs) All right. Any other questions that you have? Um, no. All right. Then it is art time. And this week for our art, we have to say thank you to Gabriella and Evan, who are seven and five from San Marcos, California. Cameron, who's seven, and Livia, who's five, from Sunnyville, California. Brothers, Jacob, who's 10, and Ben, who's four. Nolan, who's eight, from Florida. Oren, who's nine, from Sydney, Australia. Brothers, Emmett and Zeke. Leland, who's seven, from New York, New York, who drew us a robot White House for Bebop. Our pal, Arwen, who drew Bebop a Taco Bell quesadilla. You like quesadillas. Would you like to eat a paper quesadilla, Griff? No. (laughs) Finn from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, who spilled a little jelly on his art, so maybe Bebop will like the flavor of the jelly. (laughs) Finn, who's 10, from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, who drew a robot with sidewalk chalk. That was really cool. Parker from South Lake Tahoe, that we could pick either California or Nevada, straddles the line. I'll say California. Luke from Indiana, Isaiah, who's six, Jeremiah, who's six, CJ in North Olmsted, Ohio, who's eight, Anthony, who's nine, and Aspen, who's five, from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Rowan, who's nine, from Bozeman, Montana, Andy, who's four, from Hamilton, New York, eight-year-old Elsa Miller, Julia from Fort Worth, Texas, who's five, Zoe, who's eight, from Half Moon, California, Micah, who's nine, from Mililani, Hawaii, hope they're doing okay in Hawaii, Violet, who's six, Jax, who is four, from Baltimore, Maryland, and Micah and her twin brother, Sky. Thank you all so much for your art. Now, some of these artists have also sent in... Jokes. Jokes! All right, let's listen to the jokes. First up is Cameron and Livia with their Bebop joke. Why did Bebop go to the flowers? I don't know why Bebop went to the flowers. Because he wanted... To see bees. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much. Next up is Parker, who just turned five on May 14th. Happy birthday, Parker. Hi, my name is Parker, and, and I'm almost five years old, and I live at South Lake Tahoe, and here's my joke. What do you call an alien pig in his nose? A disgusting alien. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then finally is our pal Rowan from Bozeman, Montana. What do you say when you're sliding down the mountains on Mars? Ice cream! (laughs) I don't know why you yell ice cream when you're sliding down the mountains on Mars, but that's pretty funny. I think because the ice cap, they're like ice caps, and then your eye scream. Scream. Okay, I get it. I get it. (laughs) That's pretty great. All right, so I also want to say thank you to two Sound Club members, Lars, who's six from Seattle, and Camille, who is six, who sent in sounds that helped us this episode. And I also owe an apology to Abigail, Benji, and Charlotte because I forgot to give them credit for a past Sound Club sound they submitted a couple episodes ago, so I'm sorry for that. Thank you all so much to our Sound Club members. Now, we also have 
the final element of our clubs here. Character Club. What do you think we should do with Character Club? Should we be having special episodes of Character Club? Should we be talking about characters at the end of the episode? What's your preference here, Griffin? Uh, characters at the end of the episode. Because we're getting a lot of characters. We could do long episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Starting next week, we'll highlight some of the characters, but we'll be adding characters to the website all the time. And maybe we'll pick a few to talk about on the show. Does that sound okay to you? Yep. All right, cool. So we'll start that next week, okay? Got it. All right. Okay, anything else you want to talk about today, Griff? Uh, no. All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and we will say... Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye-bye, everybody. I want to say thanks to everybody for coming back and having more fun with us this week. Thank you so much for your sounds. Thank you so much for your jokes. Thank you so much for your ideas. Thank you so much to everybody who has sent into Character Club. We're going to start featuring those in our episodes next week, and we'll be putting them up on our website. They're super fun. They're giving us lots of really awesome ideas. So thank you all so, so, so much. The Alien Adventures of Fincast is a Gen Z Kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our cover art is by the Sir Ian Dingman. And anything you want to know about the show, check out the show notes or go to fincaspian.com. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week. That sounds like something an evil agent would say. Hi everyone, I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And, and we're, we're a GZM family. family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature. I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Three years ago, Brinley Pasternak helped the Anders family uncover the truth about Holiday's past. Now, she'll need them to help her find the truth about hers. Six Minutes Out of Time is the long-awaited sequel to the most downloaded family audio adventure in history. When Cyrus is found unconscious near the mysterious Elixir Academy in Florida, Brinley learns the school may have a shocking connection to her missing mother. All new episodes are available one week early and ad-free for GZM subscribers. Visit gzmshows.com to learn more.